Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. The incidence of skin cancer in Australia is one of the highest in the world, two to three times the rate in Canada, the US and the UK. In 2015, 2,162 people died from skin cancer in Australia. 1,520 of those were from melanoma and 642 from non-melanoma skin cancer. Melanoma is the most common cancer in young Australians, those between 15 and 39 years of age, making up to 20% of all their cancer cases. Melanoma kills more young Australians than any other single cancer. And just to put it into perspective, in 2015, there were 1,209 deaths on our roads. In the same year, there were 1,520 deaths due to melanoma. There is more and more research into the cause and treatment of melanoma and awareness initiatives such as Call Time on Melanoma. Today, we will be diving into the depths of different types of skin cancer and what to look for in your own skin. Welcome to episode number five of the Heal Thy Skin podcast. I'm Marnie, your host, and today I'm speaking with Jane Homberger from Skin Smart Australia. Jane is a registered nurse and holds postgraduate diploma in general practice nursing and professional diploma in dermoscopy. She is the CEO of Skin Smart Australia. Jane is sharing how her journey into skin cancer medicine has inspired the beginnings of Skin Smart Australia and the importance of having your skin checked regularly. I started by asking Jane, what's the behind the name of Skin Smart Australia? Well, money, it was really just a case of wanting a catchy name and um, one that was easy to remember. It's about having the knowledge and know-how to be able to be proactive in caring for your own skin in our harsh climate. We all know the sun is not good for us, but when it comes to having a more intricate understanding of how to prevent skin cancer and catching it in its earliest phase, Many Australians are at a loss. It was actually my clever husband that came up with the name. So thanks go to you, Richard. <laughs> go, Rich. And Skin Smart Australia is now a bit of a household name. Do you remember exactly the moment when you decided to start Skin Smart Australia? Was there a defining moment in that? Um, look, I, I'd say um, it, it was a gradual thing. Um, I was working as a nurse in a skin cancer clinic. And like most nursing jobs, I was working for doctors and feeling a little frustrated with the lack of scope for advancement. Um, don't get me wrong, I really loved my job and, and was passionate about the industry, but I felt like there was more I could be doing and so many potential opportunities out there. I was approached by a big health and wellness company who were looking for someone to travel eight hours by car to regional Victoria to perform skin cancer assessments for a client. I explained that I wasn't a doctor but had advanced qualifications in the study of skin cancer assessment, and I would be willing to drive to Mildura for them. It was such a great, fun um, experience, and I absolutely loved getting out of Melbourne and bringing the service to country Australia where they had not had the opportunity previously. I think it was on my drive home that I realised that I could really make um, a go of this business. So, yeah, that, 
that was probably the time. So it, look, it was gradual. I had had a couple inquiries about um, performing corporate skin cancer checks, but that was when I actually thought, okay, th- this could really happen. Well, that's fascinating. So a lot of hard work um, and those eight-hour drives to the middle of nowhere. Um, so, Jane, tell us a little bit more about the condition skin cancer. Um, okay. Well, there is there is so much that I can tell you about it. I'll, I'll try and keep it as brief as I can. Skin cancer is, is a huge problem in Australia, as we all know. But what, what are the main causes? causes? Obviously, the sun plays a huge part. The ultraviolet radiation emitted from the sun can be divided into two types of damage-causing rays, uh, the UVA and the UVB. Unfortunately, they both play a part in, in damaging the skin. UVA rays can penetrate deeply into the dermis um, and are of a longer length of ray and um, play the part in, in damaging um, the skin in that they are responsible for the ageing of our skin, uh, the wrinkles in particular, unfortunately. UVB rays are shorter and damage the superficial layers of the skin. Both UVA and UVB have been found to cause skin cancer. However, uh, remember that the ultraviolet radiation is not just released by the sun, though. Other artificial sources, such as solariums and sunbeds, also radiate uh, the UVR. And people who have used a solarium have a greatly increased risk for skin cancer. Um, even though in Australia, the solariums have been banned for commercial use, there are a lot of people out there, unfortunately, that still have them uh, in their garages, mostly and are operating a black market for um, sunbeds. So there are, there are huge fines for, for people um, if they are caught um, operating um, a profit-making business. Most people believe that melanoma is the only type of skin cancer. The truth is that melanoma is the most dangerous form, but is the least common. In Australia, two-thirds of the population will be diagnosed with a skin cancer by the age of 70, and the vast majority of these skin cancers are known as basal cell carcinomas. They are the most common skin cancer, are caused primarily by the sun, and are mostly found in the sun-exposed area of the skin. For example, the faces, shoulders, chests, and backs of people. They can present as either a flat salmon pink scaly area known as a superficial BCC, or a raised pink pearly nodule, known as a nodular BCC. BCCs are not generally life-threatening as they rarely have the ability to spread beyond the area in which they are growing. They need to be surgically removed, however, as they can cause major damage to the area in which they're growing. And the next most common type of skin cancer is known as a squamous cell carcinoma, or an SCC. Again, these are found in the sun-damaged areas of the skin and generally present as a painful scaly lesion. These skin cancers do have the ability to spread throughout the body and as such need to be treated as soon as possible to prevent further problems. Finally, melanoma, as mentioned, is the most dangerous form of skin cancer. Melanoma arises in an existing mole or it can grow as a new lesion. Just because a person has had a mole all their life doesn't that mean that it can't become a melanoma when they are adults? Melanoma aren't discerning. They can affect, affect people of all ages and all skin types. In fact, it is quite common for an olive skin person to ignore a changing mole as they believe that they are immune to skin cancer. An interesting fact is that melanoma can grow anywhere on the body. 
the skin does not need to have been burnt by the sun to have a melanoma grow in that location. Remember to be aware of your whole body, including between your toes and on your scalp. Survival from skin cancer will depend on a few different factors. Where it is growing, how long a person has had it before diagnosis, a genetic predisposition and the type of skin cancer that they have. If a melanoma is excised in its infancy and if it's been entirely removed, the survival rate beyond five years is actually 99%. If the melanoma cells have reached the lymph nodes, the rate falls to 63%. And unfortunately, when the cells move into the distant organs, the five-year survival rate is only 20%. So you can see by um, finding a melanoma early is the key to the improved survival rates, Marnie. That's really scary, isn't it, those, those rates? And am I right to say that Bob Marley died of a melanoma under his toenail? Yeah, he did. And, I mean, as you know, he, he did have a very olive skin. Um, one of his parents was Caucasian, but he still had that very, very olive um, South American skin. And um, it was on his toe for quite some time. And he, he was an avid soccer player. And because of his soccer playing, he uh, put his um, blackened toenail down to uh, just repeated kicks of the, of the soccer ball. And um, unfortunately, by the time he did actually have it diagnosed, it was an extremely advanced melanoma. Um, and also he was a very religious man and didn't believe in medical treatment. So he actually didn't um, do a lot about um, getting medical treatments after it was diagnosed either. Mm, such a sad, sad story. Um, so what are the different services that, say, Skin Smart Australia offers? How do they offer or differ from other clinics? I mean, there's lots of mole clinics and skin clinics and people get skin um, checks with their GP. Um, what exactly does Skin Smart do? Um, okay, so we offer two main services, Marnie. Um, the first is, is corporate skin cancer assessments. Um, we have in excess of 30 dermatoscopists that work and live all over Australia. Um, they travel throughout Australia to assess employees' skin in their workplaces. We offer a full body skin check using an instrument called a dermatoscope and use a te technique called demoscopy. This is the practice of being able to recognise the microscopic features of benign and malignant skin lesions. We discussed with, with the employees that we are checking the basics of prevention assessment techniques, early diagnosis and treatments for the different types of skin cancers. The feedback that we most often receive is that individuals would never have had their skin checked if we hadn't come to their place of work. It definitely seems as though having a skin assessment is at the bottom of most people's health priorities. So in addition to our corporate skin assessment program, we also run a community-based mole mapping clinic. This practice is also known as melanography and consists of full body imaging and photography of individual skin lesions and moles. The reason that we do photograph the entire body is to have a baseline so that new lesions can be recognized at each appointment. It is normal to grow new moles up until middle age. However, as we get older, this is not as common. So occasionally a new mole may be a warning sign of something more atypical. We take images of individual moles at a very high magnification so that we can keep a record at, a, at future appointments um, and be able to compare the lesions for minute change. 
normally the change is so tiny, uh, it's not noticed by the patient's naked eye. And I truly believe um, that mole mapping can find skin cancers at their absolute earliest stages. So the setup of our business is very different to um, other similarly run skin cancer practices. We work independently of doctors and do not offer treatments. Our priority is to provide an exceptionally high level of expertise in skin assessments and to refer the patients back to their GPs of choice. We provide a report of our findings and help support the individual to seek the best medical treatment. Patients find that they are able to maintain a level of autonomy in their care moving forward um, because, because we do do that. Um, so I think that would be the main difference um, with ourselves and other skin cancer clinics. Money does that does that cover the question? Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know the words melanography, mole map, dermoscopy get thrown around a lot. So skin check, you would say, is really just say in that corporate setting or um, where someone's just looking over your skin with um, a tool called a dermatoscope. Where a melanography would also be something like a mole map. Um, and then there's other types of skin checks where rather than looking at the whole body, you might just look at one or two lesions. Would that kind of be the main definitions as well? Yeah, yeah, that, look, that, that is, um, those definitions are correct. Um, the, the instrument that we use is a dermatoscope and obviously that's, that's for use when we're using um, the technique, dermoscopy, as you said. And mole mapping, um, we, we use um, a specialist called a melanographer to do that. So, so that, is the, that is the main difference. Um, at times, um, we will call patients in just to review one or two lesions at a time, um, but we, we don't recommend spot checks as such. So we don't recommend um, going into your doctor once every five or 10 years with, with one lesion that you think has changed. Um, we, we do recommend uh, an annual skin check for, for absolutely everyone in Australia. Mm, yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. So you're looking at the whole skin because if it's on your back or the bottom of your foot, you're not necessarily going to see it. Yeah, um, that's right. And keep going. No, that's all. You go. No, no, no. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jane, in all of your years at SkinSmart, do you have any particular standout moments, whether it be um, great results or terrible results or just things that stand out in your mind? Um, yeah, that's a fantastic question, Marnie. Um, I haven't really considered it previously. Uh, as busy business owners, um, I think we tend to put one foot in front of the other and and don't take time um, to really look at what we've achieved and um, why we do what we do. Obviously, winning a Telstra Business Award um, a few years ago was a, was a great achievement for us. But to be completely honest, there have been a few patients over the years that I will never forget and will consider my time spent with them as standout moments. Finding a melanoma on, on an unsuspecting patient um, is such an emotional event um, and finding the words to explain to the patient the urgency for them to follow that lesion up with a doctor while being really careful not to alarm them can be really difficult. Often we, we find lesions that do have um, suspicious features on them. Uh, we can't be completely sure at that time. So we will recommend that they go and see their doctor uh, to, to just to make sure uh, for a second opinion. But at times we do find lesions that are really obviously a, a melanoma. 
And unfortunately, sometimes these, these patients have been reassured time and time again that these lesions are okay. So I, I always say to patients, it's really, really important to uh, use your sixth sense. And if you think something is not right, even if you've been told by, by a doctor that it's absolutely fine, go and seek a second opinion. Because as I said, we, we do often find melanomas that people have been reassured are, are absolutely fine. Mm. It's quite scary, isn't it? And it, I guess it's this sense as a practitioner that it's a relief that you found something on their skin that day. So it's not a day later. But then there's also this terrible thought that it is, it could perhaps be melanoma and that wouldn't be a nice type of news to break to someone either. No, that's right, Marnie. So what about skin cancer medicine um, particularly interests you? Like, why did you choose this role? Okay, look, it's an industry that is constantly evolving. In the 10 years that I've been involved in skin cancer assessment, the advancements in diagnosis and treatment have been phenomenal. No two days are ever the same as no two skin lesions are the same. We're constantly analysing and assessing and having to put together many pieces of a puzzle to come to a decision during a skin assessment. Our decisions uh, can be life-changing as we make an analysis based not only the features in a skin lesion itself, but also an individual's different personal and family history, their skin types, their lifestyle, and uh, the geographical location in which um, they've grown up in and which they now reside in. Um, what, what has excited me most about this industry probably are the opportunities for nurses and allied health to become involved in, and to really make um, inroads. When I first started my professional journey in skin cancer medicine, it was generally only dermatoscopists who doubt, um, dermatologists that would be, um, who dealt with individuals with abnormal skin growth. I worked for a GP who was a groundbreaker and developed one of the first skin cancer clinics, which was dedicated um, to this practice um, for assessments and treatments. From there, I went out on my own and into the world of corporate skin cancer assessments, as we discussed. For a nurse to run an independent business in a field that has been dominated solely by doctors and, and most commonly specialists was really unheard of. I think that as nurses and allied health professionals, we should be confident of combining our roles in a care-focused industry and being capable of, of running a successful business. So for me, um, it, it was a twofold thing of... Um, the actual specialty itself and, and how interesting it was, but also really being able to do it and, and um, to make um, a business out of it. Mm. Helping to save lives, but also, um, I guess, changing the job aspects for allied health and even women out there, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And what about perhaps a time where you couldn't achieve what you wanted for your patients? Yeah, well, I mean, that, that is an interesting question, Money. Uh, as much as I love that we have based our business model on assessments only, we are limited in how much influence we have over a doctor's decision as to how they will treat a lesion that we have recommended on for further investigation. What happens once we refer a patient on to their GP is mostly out of our hands. For example, if we see a corporate employee within their workplace and find something which is highly atypical, um, which we suspect of being a melanoma, uh, we will, of course, refer it on to their GP of choice for further investigation. 
if the GP decides that this particular lesion is not of concern, they will dismiss the referral and reassure the patient that it's all okay. Obviously, this would not be our preferred course of action, but we need to be content that the GP has made a decision that he feels is right for his patient. Once again, obviously, if the patient is unhappy with um, what they've been told, they should definitely get a second opinion. Within the clinic environment, we have more autonomy and are able to assert more influence. The GPs within our clinic have a level of respect for our expertise and experience in demoscopy. If we consider that something has been overlooked, the GPs will reassess. For example, if we believe that a pathology result needs to be reconsidered, they will acknowledge this and ask for a second opinion. When it comes to doing the best for our patients, unfortunately, is often not the outcome we would wish for. There have been times when we have found what we would consider to be a very advanced melanoma. Often these individuals have been reassured in the past that their lesions are absolutely okay and nothing to be concerned about. As um, I mentioned before, unfortunately, when we refer these patients on for further investigation, it is discovered that they do in, um, indeed need to have um, a very deep melanomeric size. It is difficult when this happens as although we don't encourage biopsies when a lesion is clearly benign, we do, we do suggest to cut it out when in doubt. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine that would be tough. So what about those listeners that perhaps uh, I'm sure everyone has been looking at their moles while they've been listening to this, but what can people look for in their own skin? Okay, so I always stress firstly and foremost to patients that um, change is the key. Any change on the skin needs to be taken seriously. By regarding, um, by regularly taking note of all areas of the skin, any changes can be noticed early. And I suggest that a way of understanding changes in your skin is to use um, an algorithm that is regularly used by the GPs uh, um, called the ABCDEs. Um, I'll explain this really, really briefly. Um, but A stands for asymmetry. So if you were to place a cross through one of your moles and all four place, uh, corners were not identical, you would consider that mole to be asymmetrical, okay? That is a warning sign. Uh, B is for the border. So a healthy mole will generally have a border that fades consistently into the periphery with no abrupt border. Now, what you need to be aware of, though, is there are quite often um, a certain type of lesion that is actually a wart on the skin, and it does look like a mole, and it does have abrupt borders. So... Please, please don't be alarmed if you find a mole that, that has an abrupt border. It, it may very well be one of these warty lesions that I'm talking about. But again, it's a really good idea to get it checked out. Okay, C is for colour. A mole with two or more colours is more concerning than a mole with only one colour. Uh, it's, it's rare to be able to see um, colours with the naked eye, however. So um, Unless a mole has got some obvious black in it, you will not be able to see it. And obviously, if it has got black in it, you will go and get it um, examined um, immediately. D is for diameter. A melanoma is commonly larger than six millimetres in diameter. Please be aware, however, again, that most moles over six millimetres will not be melanomas. 
So just because you've got a mole that is bigger than six millimeters, it does not mean that it is a melanoma. But again, it is something else to look for. Finally, and I think the most important of all is E. It stands for evolution. Now, basically what that means is, is change. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this is by far the most important aspect and um, any change at all needs to be um, assessed by, by your doctor. Um, and like I said, if, if you can see um, growth in a lesion, if it, if it is bigger than six millimetres and it's growing, if you can see new colours appearing, um, if you think the border isn't as it should be, if it's asymmetrical, go and get a doctor to look at it immediately. And this is why having an annual skin check um, is going to cover all of these for you. you. It won't be up to you to be constantly looking at your skin, although we do suggest that you look at your skin every three months anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure some people would have literally hundreds of moles, so it might be quite difficult to keep that in check. And also, I guess we're not it's not something to say you can diagnose skin cancer on your own skin because as you were talking about before, you need it under magnification or even to do a biopsy. Um, but it's just about seeing change. Now, in regards to change, would that be for any mole? Like what, what if a mole's been on someone's skin for 10 years? Um, look, it is absolutely any change at all. And um, I think I might've mentioned earlier that, that melanomas can arise in moles you've had all your life. So just because you were born with a mole um, and keep in mind that birthmarks um, can become melanomas. Um, even a change in a birthmark needs to be reported to your doctor. Mm. So any change. And we spoke earlier about the different types of skin cancer services that are out there. So we've got skin checks, we've got um, mole maps and, and things like that. Would you recommend that listeners, they visit their local GP for a skin check? if they're looking at their skin now and they're thinking, oh, I really should get that checked out? Having a GP look at your skin is a fabulous place to start, um, especially if there is one or even two lesions in particular that are concerning you. Unfortunately, though, GPs are quite often time poor and it, it's not uncommon to only have 10 minutes with your doctor. Uh, as I mentioned before, look, I recommend a full body skin check at least every year by either a GP with um, dermatoscopy qualifications or a fully trained dermatoscopist. I often suggest to patients that word of mouth is the best way of finding the best person to look after their skin. If, if their friends and family have been happy with the care they've received, it's more than likely that they um, will be satisfied also. So having said that, it doesn't matter if that person is in a GP clinic working in a skin cancer clinic or attending your business for a corporate skin cancer assessment. The most important thing to do, however, and I've said this a couple of times now, is to seek a second opinion at any time that you do not have confidence in what your practitioner is telling you because that will save your life. Mm, yeah, great advice. And what about in terms of those that are perhaps working with skin, like podiatrists or hairdressers, nurses, beauty therapists? Um, what are some things to look for? I think for people working in the professions that you've mentioned, um, it's important for them to take note of any moles that do not follow the ABCD algorithm. So um, it would be a really great start for them to learn that algorithm and understand what each letter stands for. 
obviously, if there is something that is suspicious looking, um, it should be highlighted to the client without alarming them. Without having qualifications in demoscopy, um, someone in one of those professions um, can't obviously advise the client on what to do, except to suggest that they have their GP have a closer look um, at it through a dermatoscope. Um, does that does that cover that money? Do you think? Yeah, I th I think so. I think, I mean, it, so really, if someone was working with skin and they saw a mole on, say, the bottom of someone's foot or someone's head, you could perhaps ask, "Did you know that was there?" Um, and really raise some awareness, like if they have seen it. Some people haven't seen the bottom of their foot in years, um, but also, I mean, I guess you could just say, um, perhaps next time you're at the GP, just have a look at that. Because um, again, we don't want to be working outside of our scope of practice, but these people that are working with skin, I'm sure they see things on people's skin all the time. And I'm sure there are reports of, say, podiatrists or even hairdressers finding melanoma on someone's skin and alerting them to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they do an incredible job with that. Um, I, I've, I've seen a lot of patients that have come to me and said, my hairdresser found this on my scalp. Or, um, like you said, my podiatrist found this on the sole of my foot. Unfortunately, um, many men, mostly in Australia, have absolutely no idea what is on their skin. And it's not until somebody else highlights it to them that, that they are made aware. So I think it is absolutely so important. I that's a fabulous question um, that you suggested. Did you know this was on, on your skin? But other questions that can be asked as well, Money, are um, if they did not, was there, how long has it been there? Uh, if, it's a, if it's a fairly new lesion, well then, um, you know, obviously they will need to, to um, take more notice of it. Has it grown? Have you noticed it growing? Questions like that can help the client to really have a good think about, about their skin. Mm. And it's not, it doesn't really matter which age, right? So are you suggesting that if there's changes on someone that, you know, is in their 20s that they get checked out? Or is it really just for someone that might have um, had a lot of sun exposure over their lifetime? As a dermatoscopist, uh, we are taught that if you look through a dermatoscope, for example, and you see a certain feature on, on a mole in a young person, then it's a feature that we we need to um, need to learn to understand that it could be a growing lesion, and it's very normal in a person in their twenties and thirties to have that. Um, we also learn though if those same features are found in a person of fifty or sixty years, this can be a warning sign of something more sinister. So it, it does really depend on the person's age, and um, and having that knowledge and being um, also being having access to a dermatoscope because what you're seeing with the naked eye, which which most of these professions will only be doing, they cannot see the detail that we can see. So if if a lesion um, is is growing on someone young, I would suggest that without looking through a dermatoscope at it, that they are still recommended to go to go and see um, their GP about it. Mm, so don't go to Doctor Google. Go, go and speak to your GP or ask your GP clinic if there's a skin cancer specialist at the clinic that you um, currently present at. Um, and what about um, Skin Science Australia? Where can people find more about what you do and services that you offer? Um, I think um, 
I think that the, the best thing to do would be um, to jump onto our website, um, and which is www.skinsmartaustralia.com.au, which is very easy to find. And um, please give me a call with any questions. My, my phone number can be, um, can be found um, on that website and I would really welcome a phone call and have a chat to anyone that's interested. Um, I just also want to um, add that for any allied health staff out there that um, would like a better understanding um, and being able to recognise a, a suspicious lesion when they are treating their clients, um, Skin Smart Australia in conjunction with other industry leaders um, will be offering a, a workshop which um, we've cr created with, with them in mind. Um, whether you would like to set up a more mapping business within your clinic or just be able to have more confidence while working with skin, we can provide um, we can provide some training for you in that. So feel free to, to give us a call about anything, even if it's um, just a question about your own practice. Um, that's absolutely fine as well. That's amazing. And what about um, people that are looking at their skin now and perhaps they're not necessarily looking at working within skin cancer, but um, is there some sources that people can go online that kind of comes to mind where people can learn more about skin cancer? Look, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of sources out there, and I mean, like Money said before, don't don't go to Doctor Google um, if if there is something on you that you um, that you are concerned about, because that will only um, serve to freak you out. Um, if if you just want some um, information for your general knowledge, I think um, sources like the Skin Cancer Council um, of Australia can be really really helpful um, as as a starting point to to jump on and and read about the different types of skin cancers and the warning signs um, for you. And look, don't forget that there's some fabulous information out there on prevention. Um, because with prevention, we can um, we can we can stop skin cancers from occurring. So it, that's a great place to start as well. Wow, what an interview! Jane shared with us the importance of following your sixth sense and gave some practical advice on what to look for on your own skin. Skin cancer touches so many Australians, and the three deeper than skin insights that stood out to me were: number one, know your A B C D E A stands for asymmetry, B is for border, C is for colour, D is for diameter, and finally E is for evolution, something changing and evolving. Number two, melanoma can occur on anyone at any age and even in moles that you've had your whole life. So if you notice some changes, make sure you have them checked up. And number three, simply book in for a mole map. Mole map should just be part of your annual health checkup. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and share this episode with those closest to you. And be sure to also stay tuned to hear about a new platform where you can learn about your skin and be empowered in your skin health journey to help you face the world faster. Bye for now. Are you feeling disempowered or confused about your skin? You can now join the DermHealth Co. Insider community to learn about your skin, connect with others in the community and find specialised practitioners to feel empowered on your skin health journey so you can face the world faster. 
Whether you are experiencing a long-standing skin condition, recent disease, injury, trauma or niggling skin question, there is a place for you at DermHealth Co. And the best part is that as a DermHealth Co. Insider, your membership is absolutely free. So jump online at dermhealth.co and join today. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.